but we were all petrified that the pilots might hear us and attack us instead. When my restless little sister Manya had run out from under the apple tree to get a better look, Mama hadn't dared raise her voice and had had to resort to feverish gestures to get her to sit back down. I didn't know who had first come up with the idea that we should all sleep outside, but the idea had travelled faster than gossip up and down our streets. After what had happened to the Gorskis, we were afraid to stay in our homes. We had rummaged the closets for our old feather beds, which Mama and Babcha decided could get filthy. After we had packed up some bread, fruit and cheese, the nine of us who all lived together in the same house had walked the kilometre to Uskas. Our town seemed to have been split in two. One half loaded with blankets and food was making an exodus, while the other half stood staring, dazed, wondering if they should join us. As we passed near the Gorskis, I was filled with a morbid curiosity. I had never seen a bombed-out house before and wanted to go and look at it, but Mama wouldn't hear of it. She didn't want us separated. In typical fashion, Manya had ignored her and already run ahead to Uskas, while I was stuck walking at a snail's pace. Babcha and Jajo, my grandparents who were portly and only walked distances in considerable pain, kept telling us not to worry about them and go on already. But Mama didn't want her parents to be alone if there was another bombing. Mama was nicknamed Salka the Cossack because she went through life as if she were mounted on a horse, wielding a sword at any of life's problems. She could manage anything from her kitchen table, but no matter how much we talked and talked and talked, trying to make sense of the new reality, today was a day of questions without answers. Across the fields and in all the pastures and farms surrounding our small city of Zulkiev, dozens of other families were getting ready to sleep under the stars. Even though it was a warm September night, with the air fragrant with the scent of newly mown hay, no one could sleep. But eventually, exhaustion had triumphed over fear, and in ones and twos, everyone but me had succumbed. I had never been a nervous and anxious girl. I was the quiet, studious daughter, but as I watched and listened for more planes to come, I felt I would never be able to sleep again. In the distance I could make out the silhouettes of Zhukiev's baroque church spires with their pregnant onion tops and golden domes. Not a light was on, and my familiar town looked eerily deserted, almost haunted, it felt as if the war's shadow had physically darkened our town. Our family had been here in this corner of Galicia in southeastern Poland forever. I couldn't imagine living anywhere else. We had been rooted here longer than most of the white birch and the Russian pines that formed the islands of forest in the steppe. I had never heard Jajo and Babcha speak of another place in our family's history. As long as I could remember, my family moved and lived in a pack. You couldn't turn around in our little stone house without bumping into somebody. Now, spread out under the apple trees, sleeping in piles, huddled together on the feather beds using each other as pillows, 
we resembled a pack more than ever. The only one missing was Aunt Rosa, who lived in the thick forests of central Poland. When Aunt Rosa had got engaged to her husband, Pinchas, Babcha had gone into mourning. Rosa was the prettiest of the sisters, and Babcha had always said she could have had any man she wanted in town. It wasn't that Pinchas, a, a timber merchant, wasn't a catch any mother wouldn't brag about. It was because he lived on the other side of Poland, in Józefów, and she would have to leave Zhukiev. Next to me, my little sister Manya, tanned from the summer sun, slept. She was the first to drop off and was asleep even before the little ones, and asleep was the only time she was ever still. At ten she was faster than most of the boys her age, and her thin arms and legs were as strong as the braided wire the peasants used to bale their hay. The skipping rope that she always wore...